Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm Daniel. The teaching I'm going to talk about today is After Meditation Be a Child of Illusion. After Meditation Be a Child of Illusion. That sounds like really mysterious and strange, right? I think it sounds kind of like an album title or something from a band. I don't, I don't know. But a key idea is implicit here. When we say after meditation, when we put anything in the sentence after meditation, really. And that idea is this. In our meditation practice, we aren't simply sitting down and practicing, but really we're practicing all the time. I like to say we are not practicing meditation. We're not practicing sitting meditation to be really good at sitting still. We're practicing it rather to train our minds to work in a more effective and compassionate and focused and mindful way. And that applies when we are not meditating. So the real benefits of meditation are not just being able to sit and feeling really relaxed while you're sitting or really focused while you're sitting or or even really compassionate while you're sitting or whatever. No, the intention, the goal, the purpose is to change, to change, to transform how your mind works so that your mind works in a more compassionate, aware, attentive, focused way. That is what we are talking about here. So our practice isn't about going to a temple or going on a meditation retreat for a while and then returning as though nothing happened. I think some people may be treated that way. But our goal, if there is one, is to be shaped by our practice, to bring the lessons and insights that we learn when we're meditating into our day-to-day life. You know, I say, if you're looking to, you know, just have time to release tension and relax, man, you can get a massage. That's going to be more relaxing than meditating. Or you can go, you know, go away to a resort or something. It's going to be more relaxing than a meditation retreat. That's not what we're trying to do here. And we are trying to transform ourselves. We are trying to transform ourselves and to really, not so much that, it's just unleash our full potential. And that full potential is not realized while we're sitting in a meditation room on a pillow on the floor. Rather, our full potential is realized when, you know, our kids don't listen and we don't get mad at them. Or someone cuts us off in traffic and we don't get mad. Or we get bad news and we don't fall apart. That is where the magic happens. That is what this is about. And if this isn't making our life better, then I don't know what the point is. We're not doing this just to do it. So that's what we're talking about when we say 
after meditation. And some people use the phrase post-meditation. It's the same thing. It just means when you're not meditating, when you're not meditating. Um, So I'm not crazy about post-meditation or after meditation, really. But the point is, in your day-to-day life, we're trying to make things better in our day-to-day life. We're not meditating to be, be great meditators. We are not training to be great meditators. That's not the point. So what's with this child of illusion thing, right? That seems a little weird at first. After meditation, be a child of illusion. Child of illusion, it has a few different connotations that I want to address. The illusion refers to the way we are trying to develop an understanding that our thoughts, emotions, and baggage are illusionary. That sounds crazy when I say it like that. It means there's nothing to hold on to. It means we we think we are our history and we're not. We think we are identified by our emotions and we're not. We think we're identified by our baggage and our neuroses and we are not. You are not the worst thing that happened to you. You are not the worst traits of yourself either. You are not your flaws and weaknesses either. There's nothing to hold on to. You are none of those things. You are what is underneath. I like to say baggage and neuroses and negative thinking are like the clouds. And you, your true nature, is the sky. The sky is always there, no matter what's going on. I also like to think of it as, um, I think our word, our language is very powerful. So we th- say things like, I'm angry, I'm depressed. And even on the flip side, I'm happy. But... It's not really what's happening. You're not angry. You're experiencing the emotion of anger. You're experiencing the emotion of anger. But we sort of cling to those emotions and we say, no, I'm angry. I'm an angry person. I get angry easily. I'm an angry person. And you're, you're not. You're not. You're a person experiencing anger. You're maybe you're a person who doesn't know how to handle it when you experience anger. And that's okay. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to acknowledge that. Same with depression, same with joy, really. Sometimes we don't know how to experience joy effectively. You know, if you've ever spent too much money because you were really happy one day, you know what I'm talking about. We don't always know how to handle our feelings, but it's not who we are. That is not who we are. We are something more. We are something more. And the other aspect of this, the child part, be a child of illusion. The child part refers to cultivating a sense of innocence and wonder. It makes me think of that cliche, who were you before the world told you who to be? Who are you without the things that have happened to you? Our experiences, good and bad, shape so much of who we think we are. So much. It's hard to even imagine life without our baggage. It's hard to even imagine. I, you know, I, I lost my parents. I identify myself as an orphan. Of course, I, I was a teenager. I was not a child, but... 
I still sometimes think of myself as an orphan. Even now, it's been over 21 years, but I still think of myself as an orphan. I'm carrying that baggage really tightly, less tightly than I used to, though. But that's sort of a thing we do. We take something as our identity and we just we cling to it. We seize on it. We seize on it. And if we can have a sort of a sense of wonder with the world, then we're going to have a more pleasant life and we're going to be more pleasant people. I think of something that we say to our children that doesn't sit right with me. Something that we hear in life that doesn't sit right with me, and that is this. Life's not fair. Life is not fair. We hear that lesson when we're children. And I think that it's the wrong message. And what we could be saying instead is, let's try to make life fair. Let's try to make life fair. You know, anytime somebody says life's not fair, they kind of have a negative bad attitude, right? Life's not fair. Why are you thinking life's fair, right? You're looking down on someone when you say that to them. And we shouldn't be explaining to people that life's not fair. We should be trying to figure out how to make it more fair. Our, our duty, du- maybe duty's no, not the right word, but our inspiration, our motivation needs to be helping people and doing what we can to make the world a better place and making life more fair. That's what it's about, man. So it does strike me the wrong way when people say life's not fair. We, you know, we learn that in school. We learn it from our parents maybe. And the truth is, yes, life, life isn't fair, right? Bad things happen to good people, for example. But it's up to us to try to solve what problems we can, to do what we can where we are with what we have. And I think we get too pessimistic sometimes and we don't think about how we can make the world a better place, but we can. You can't do everything, but everyone can do something. And so that's sort of what I wanted to talk about there. Like many things, we can cultivate this, what I'm calling a childlike sense of wonder, this sense of wonder by paying attention paying attention. I had, uh, once I had a a Buddhist teacher who said to me, awareness sanctifies. And, um, that just means you bring your attention to something that makes it bigger, more powerful, more important by bringing your attention to it. You make it part of your spiritual path, really. So I want to encourage you right now to stop what you're doing And look out a window. Find a window. Look out it. And really pay attention to what you see. So I'm looking out a window now and I see... The cul-de-sac I live in. I see a lot of trees. I see my front yard. I see a car over there. I see another house. 
and the sky is there too, right? So even if all that stuff seems boring, and it doesn't, I don't, I don't think trees are boring, but the sky is there. We never look at it, really, unless there's something going wrong or something. We generally don't look at the sky. But the sky is amazing. It's just a void that goes on and on. It looks like it goes forever, right? And I guess, I mean, technically it does, right? It's kind of a gray sky right now, kind of vaguely gray. Whether you're seeing... 10,000 blades of grass or the vast expanse of the sky. There's something out there you can look at and experience wonder. When I look at the sky, I see infinity. I see infinity. I see openness and emptiness without end. That is amazing. That is amazing, but we don't, we don't think about it. We don't think about it. And when I've, when I've traveled, uh, you know, into the mountains or to the ocean, it's very easy to look at mountains in the ocean and, and the Great Lakes even and to feel a sense of wonder. It's very easy to do that. Maybe because it's unfamiliar to me because I live here in Missouri. But it's very easy for me to do that. But the sky is available to me all the time. And I can look at it any time and feel a sense of wonder if I choose to pay attention to it. So that's what I want to encourage you to do is just once in a while, stop what you're doing and just look up. But really look. Really look. Pay attention the way you pay attention to your phone. Pay attention the way you pay attention to a movie you like. And... You will see, it's amazing. It's a wonder. A Zen teacher I like named Ikkyu said, he lived in medieval Japan, by the way. He said, listen to the love letters sent by the wind and the rain, the snow and the moon. I'm going to say that again because I really love it. Listen to the love letters sent by the wind and the rain, the snow and the and the moon. I think he was talking about cultivating a sense of wonder. Wonder helps us on the path. It helps us see that a lot of the stuff we're carrying around in the greater scheme of things isn't isn't always something to get worked up about. Wonder helps us on the path and it make and maybe it helps us a little in making things special instead of Letting life become monotonous and repetitive. We can get bored with life very easily, right? And of course, like I said, it can be easier to have a sense of wonder when we're traveling. I felt an incredible sense of wonder when I went to the Rocky Mountains. When I saw the earth reaching up to touch the sky. I didn't see mountains until I was over 30. And that's there's still a feeling I get when I look to the west. And... That's just because I traveled to the Rocky Mountains and I've traveled to Pikes Peak. But we can get that in familiar places too, I think. We can look at the sky. We can look at trees. We can look at big rolling fields. And we can even look at skyscrapers and have a sense of wonder. We just have to bring real attention to it. Real attention.
Explore where you live and look at what's interesting. In the last few years, I've really fallen in love with Kansas City just because I learned how to really pay attention to it and to all the things to see and all the things that are happening. And if nothing else, the sky is, gonna, is going to follow you everywhere. So just take a few minutes and look up. Do it today. That's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen and have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.